what's up what's up what's up welcome back to another episode of exceeding while black i hope you guys have a wonderful week or had a wonderful week a wonderful weekend um it's time to switch things up a little bit you know we talked about purpose we talk about your dreams and where you see yourself going and all that good stuff right but what about what's happening in this world right now when it comes to the abortion law, even though that happened a few months ago, it still affects many people. You know, there are states that have approved it. You know, there are states that are still deciding. There are women still suffering. And even though it's not in the forefront of the media right now, it's still in everyone's mind. I know it's still in mine. And we're getting older to the point where, you know, we're, we're wanting families. We're wanting, you know... Um, to have children and things of that nature, but do we all know like what that truly entails? Um, I know most women were scared what it can do to our body, to our mental state. A lot of men and some women don't understand what it means when women say that they had really bad postpartum. Um, it's a scary thing when you have to create a child, you know an entire human, and these women that I have interviewed, some have gone through horrible postpartum, some have gone through nothing, you know, um, but each, each journey was different, everyone has a different journey, you're not, not to say that everyone's journey is not ever going to be the same, so you may talk to one woman and be like, oh, no, I had the perfect pregnancy. And then you may talk to another woman and be like, oh, no, that shit was horrible. You know, so I want to take time and take a moment to really dig deep and get down to the nitty gritty of women and pregnancy and a mother's viewpoint. <laughs> and here we have Jamila. I'm so happy that she decided to you know, share her story and share her obstacles and stuff when it comes to, when it came to her pregnancy. And I'm excited. I'm excited for you guys to gather more information, a different perspective and all that. So let's just get started. Ooh. (laughs) Well, how are you? How are you this morning? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. So, you know, I wanted to talk about pregnancy because Mm -hmm. I don't really know how other people feel. When I say other people, I mean other women. I really don't Mm -hmm. know, like, how they feel or if they feel like they have enough information when, Mm -hmm. you know, what goes into, you know, being pregnant or the afterbirth. Because I know I don't. (laughs) I know I don't. I see... I hear different things when it comes to, like, my sister, because I was in the room with my sister when, you know, when she delivered and throughout her pregnancy. Okay. And I saw yeah. so much stuff that was mm-hmm. like, wait, hold on, this is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, no yeah, one yeah. told me this. You know, this is not what I learned in health class. So That's I, basically how I felt my whole pregnancy. <laughs> really? See, the, yeah, I, I, I learned so much the conversation. Yeah. So walk us through how how you felt in your initial emotions and your mental mm-hmm. state when you found out that you were pregnant? Mm-hmm. So I was very excited um, when I first found out 
but I was super, super nervous just because just the idea of labor just has always kind of like scared me. And of course, I just heard so many horror stories. And um, just recently around that time, I had found out so much about um, the mortality rate for black women versus like white women. So like all of those thoughts kind of rushed to my head, but I was excited and I was um, ready to like experience it, you know? Um, and I was just low key dreading labor. I really was. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I was feeling. Um, in the first trimester, it was very difficult for me. Um, I had very severe, um, what they call morning sickness, but it's really like all day. Um, I could mm-hmm. barely eat. I lost like 15 pounds my first trimester because I just could not eat. I couldn't keep anything down. And like the taste of things was even weird. It was crazy. Like the taste of water, it tasted like metal. Like it just was not right. Um, I literally survived on <laughs> like bread and apples. <laughs> it was really crazy. But um, And also I felt like there was a really um, low point mentally because I just was, my hormone shift was so drastic for me, um, and it just kind of threw me for a loop, and I didn't know how to balance my emotions and things like that because, um, you know, throughout my life having cycles, I never had really strong shift in hormones, so I never experienced super crazy PTSD, not PTSD, child, PMS or anything <laughs> like that. So when I got pregnant, it was such a shock. Like, I wasn't used to dealing with this, so it was just it was a, an adjustment for sure. Man, see, like, and things like that, when you talk about, like, food, you think about, okay, when you have a sickness or, like, when you have a cold mm-hmm. and stuff, it's some things, like, you're not able to taste. But no one told me yeah. that, like, when you're pregnant, and I know and I know it's different for each woman. I'm not saying this, yeah, these yeah. are the symptoms or these are the things that you go through when you become pregnant, but you don't really, you don't know what you're going to go through until you get mm-hmm. pregnant, or at least you don't have, exactly. like, no type of idea. So mm-hmm. was it something that you and your spouse planned, or was this kind of like a, oh, I'm pregnant type of thing? <laughs> um, I guess <laughs> you can say a little bit of both. Um, okay. We, of course, knew the risk of what we was doing, um, but we accepted what we were, uh, like, whatever was happening. So it was like, you know, we would be open to it if it happens, um, but we're not necessarily planning not to, if that makes sense. So it was a little bit of both. It was definitely a little bit of a surprise, but not too much of a surprise so we were we were excited did you ever have a moment like when you when you found out that you were pregnant and then like your first trimester where you just thought like you weren't ready mm-hmm. um it's weird because I, I knew I was pregnant before I even got the positive test I just knew I was um and it's kind of hard to explain um and it's not because of a symptom or anything because I didn't have symptoms present itself until after my um first ultrasound honestly mm-hmm. um I just I just knew I just knew I was and I just kept saying that because the first time I took a pregnancy test um which was at the doctor's office because I had just subsequently had a um an OB appointment booked already and so when I mm-hmm. went I was like y'all gonna need to run a pregnancy test because I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant <laughs> and they <laughs> ran one but it came back negative because it was still so early and I was just like mm mm-hmm. Mm, I don't think so. I was like, I still think I'm pregnant. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So they were like, well, just give it a week. It's still very early since your last cycle. So, you know, give it a second and it, you know, it whatever. So literally the next week I took a test and it came back positive. So, yeah, I think the moment, the part where I felt like I maybe wasn't 
necessarily ready. More so came with just, I don't know, the, all the anxiety just kind of hitting me at once. Again, like, because of all the things that can happen. And I just I'm so overwhelmed with the thought of, like, um, delivery and things like that. But not necessarily that I wasn't ready to be a, a parent. I just didn't feel like I was ready for labor. I too. Yeah, because I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I don't have children. You know, I've never had a child. But just watching it, child, I think yeah. I'm going to <laughs> Yeah, it was exciting to see. Yes, most definitely. And was was your spouse, like, in the room with you? Like, did he faint? (laughs) (laughs) So he was definitely in the room. Um, I was shocked at how well he took you because, you know, he was up close and personal. I thought he was going to be kind of like, you know, I don't know what I uh, expected, but he did surprisingly well as far as, like, dealing with the, the sight of it all. Um, so yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. Well, shout out to him because I know <laughs> there's many men, like even, yeah. even my father, for instance, like he was like, oh no, I can't. I, like my mom asked <laughs> me to like cut my umbilical cord and my dad was like, ooh, yeah. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, he, he did it, but it was still kind of like a ooh type of thing. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, so shout out to him and shout out to the other men that are, are able to just look and be mm-hmm. in the experience because that's yeah. nature, okay? Yeah, Even yeah, me being sure. a woman, I'm kind of like, ooh, <laughs> like, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. So were you ever afraid that, you know, being pregnant or becoming parents would change the dynamic of your relationship with him? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think I feel like a lot of people kind of feel like that because it's such a, it's such a um, shift in focus and priority. Um, especially in those beginning months because, you know, this person is 100% dependent on you and your um, mindset changes from being, you know, each other's first, you know, outlook to now the baby is. And so I definitely, you know, kind of had thoughts about that, like how is this going to shift us? And, you know, we definitely kind of experience a lot of, you know, um, I guess you could say hiccups along the way, trying to figure out how we're going to readjust ourselves as parents and then making sure, like, we have our priorities in line and making sure we always remember each other also. But it, it's, it's an adjustment, and I, I think that would be true for anybody. Like, um, And I feel like the older the child gets, uh, it becomes a little bit easier because they're not um, – you get you get more comfortable with being a parent. You get more comfortable with, like, you know, your schedule and your your duties and things like that. But it's – it's constant, constant communication, and it'll definitely push you through the ringer with, you know, trials and errors with learning how to communicate with yourself for sure. Mm. So you you know you you specified about having changes in your eating and only being able to eat apples and bread. Lord have mercy. <laughs> like you had you you shared that, but what were some other experiences that you had pre birth? Ooh, I I kid you not, I thought like I had so many symptoms during my pregnancy. Like, So for each trimester, I really had three distinctively different trimesters. So in my first trimester, I really dealt with, like I said, a lot of morning sickness. I had severe headaches, super bad fatigue. Like I was so exhausted and I wouldn't even do nothing. Um, just no appetite, um, just low energy all around. When it came to my second trimester, 
um, I immediately felt like a boost of energy. So I was no longer super exhausted and tired, um, and I was finally able to, like, eat again. Like, I got my appetite back. Things started tasting right. And I'm like, okay, this is great. So I felt like, oh, this okay, this is a good part of pregnancy. I definitely say, like, my second trimester was um, the best part of my pregnancy. However, mm-hmm. because I was growing at that time and now starting to show that came with a different level of experiences. So what I experienced was what's called round ligament pains, which I never even heard of until I was pregnant, which is literally because your body is expanding, your ligaments are stretching and growing, and it can just cause it to ache. And they hurt so bad to the point where I thought I was going into labor, like early preterm labor. Um, I went to the hospital and everything because I was so scared. It hurt so bad. It was a sharp stabbing pain in my lower, like, stomach, almost groin area, um, and it just happened out of nowhere. I was just walking, and it just shot me, and I was, mm-hmm. like, in severe pain. Like, I, I could barely even walk. Um, Tim had to kind of help me lay down in the bed, and I kind of just laid there, and I ended up calling the hospital. Um, I told them what I was experiencing. I came in. They had to check me to make sure they weren't contractions, and they confirmed that they weren't contractions. Thankfully, they were just mm-hmm. round ligament pains, and it's 100% normal. It's not a risk to you or baby. It's just the you know way your body um, reacts to growing at such a fast speed. And I'm like, now when y'all was gonna tell me about this? Um, right, exactly. Trying to, think about, <laughs> trying to think about what else I experienced second trimester. Um, I was very – I had to really pick up on drinking water um, mm-hmm. because I – before pregnancy, I, I'm very uh, prone to passing out and just having low energy and all that. So that kind of was exacerbated during pregnancy. So I definitely had some very weak moments where I actually passed out. <laughs> it's not funny, mm-hmm. but it's funny. Um <laughs> <laughs> nothing too severe, um, nothing yeah. to harm the baby, but just exhaustion or whatever, just a lot of that. Um, lightning crotch, which is exactly what it sounds like, like a lightning just hits your crotch out of nowhere and it just goes away it's so mm-hmm. fast and it's just like, what the hell is this? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And, again, it's just because there's so much of an added blood flow and pressure down there that just things happen, and it's just crazy. It's like, well, what's going on? I don't. All of these things. So that was pretty much my second trimester. Now in the third trimester, you know, of course, that's your biggest time. Um, I still dealt with a little bit of round ligament pain here and there, but I was able to find ways to kind of deal with it, which was like more so stretching, um, laying down, drinking lots of water, and popping a Tylenol if it got really bad. So I was able to manage it. But I had severe back pain um, right on my sciatica nerve, which is like your lower back. My Mm -hmm. back was screaming like it hurt so bad I felt like I had to constantly switch and change the way I was laying down I was going to a chiropractor my whole pregnancy to kind of help with it um but yeah where the baby sat just really hurt my back um and I just was just big and tired and just uncomfortable at some point in my third trimester like I just thought there was literally no more room left in my body like I couldn't stretch right. more than I already stretched um, so that was more so what I dealt with in my third trimester, more so like the physical uncomfort and um and pain from the you know, the growing of my belly. Also I had random nosebleeds. Yeah, I had nosebleeds. I've never in my life had a nosebleed. Never. 
my nose started bleeding. I had maybe five or six nose bleeds when I was pregnant. And when I first had it, of course, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Call the hospital, Google it. 100% normal is just I have an added level of blood in my system, and sometimes it just gets full too much and it has to escape. And, of course, um, like staying in like a a more dry room doesn't help and things like that. I'm just like, this is too much. I dealt with um, super swelling. And then I also developed anemia during pregnancy. Mm. Yep, I had to go get iron infusions. Um, I think I have five or six sessions of iron infusions um, between my second and third trimester. So, yeah, I also have to, as I'm saying all this, it sounds like so much, but I also had to have a heart monitor on. I had a heart monitor on for two weeks um, because, again, I kept passing out and I kept having these situations. Um, they narrowed it down to anemia, but they did want to make sure my heart rate was stable, so I had to wear a heart monitor for about two weeks to kind of make sure everything was, it wasn't anything with my heart, but they narrowed it down to the anemia, which was making me, Dizzy and all that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh! See, yeah, no. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's making me rethink pregnancy, but I, yeah. what I'm saying is is that this is information that we need. You know, exactly. that maybe like mm-hmm. sometimes other people do not say they don't speak on mm-hmm. or they forget. You know, because that yep. that happens too. But I. I honestly feel like right now I feel I feel more educated than I ever have before. Like literally <laughs> yeah. just just in these five minutes. Like so <laughs> I just imagine how you feel. Like how like yeah. did you did you feel like you were educated before, you know, being pregnant? I before pregnancy I thought I knew a little bit. Like I thought I knew what right. to expect, you know, because of what everyone talks about, like the basic stuff. But being pregnant is just a different experience because feeling it is so different than hearing from me because I'm hearing like morning six. Okay, when you wake up, you're a little nauseous or whatever. No, right. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not in the way that it's explained, especially like on TV. It is completely mm-hmm. different. Like morning sickness was not in the morning; it was all day long. And it's not just like morning sickness and like I oh, I feel a little woozy. It's like a constant feeling of nausea, a constant feeling of I can't. And I don't want to eat. Like, I have zero appetite, and the taste of things are different. Um, Even sometimes, like, walking would make me nauseous. Like, I just felt like I needed to just lay down and do absolutely nothing. Like, it's it's a lot. Like, I would say that was probably the worst experience, the worst part of it. Like, of course, I said a whole bunch of stuff, but honestly, that was the worst part because it was constant. And it was very difficult to maneuver. And when you're pregnant, you know, eating and drinking lots of water is very important. And I couldn't do that. So I felt like I was, you know, I just felt like I was really damaging my pregnancy. And, of course, my doctors were like, you know, don't overthink it in that aspect. Like, this is very normal part of pregnancy. Damn near almost all women experience some level of this. Like, you're okay, basically. And just try to eat when and what you can. Don't try to you know, force yourself, because if you're throwing up, that's not helpful either. So just eat what you can and just go from there, so. Well, where was your, where was your mental, where was your mental state in these moments? Like, were you, were you on the good side of things, or did you have, like, or did you experience, did you experience mental things that kind of Mm -hmm. made you feel 
bad or in a sense of mm-hmm. like just irritated or emotionally yeah. like deprived like like what what did you experience mentally so the first trimester was was bad I I was I felt very depressed and I could not I couldn't understand why and it made me feel super um what's the word not guilty but I just felt so bad because it's like I I'm I'm very happy about this pregnancy, but I can't be happy right now. I can't express that. And I didn't want anyone to feel like I was like not happy about the pregnancy or happy about the baby or felt like I was regretting it. Cause I was in no way feeling that I just was literally trapped in my own depression and I could not escape it. And it was, it was scary because it's like, I, I don't know. I, I'm really not mad about the pregnancy. I'm just, I can't, I don't right. know why I'm sad. I just couldn't figure it out. Like, and so that was difficult for me. And I tried really hard to like, not, you know, soak in it and try to do what I can to kind of get myself to the other side. And honestly, I think it was one of those first trimester blues type of things, because again, once my second trimester hit, I felt almost immediately better. Um, I, I guess my body got used to the hormone shift and the hormone levels kind of evened out. I was able to eat and, you know, not eating does not help with depression. <laughs> so um, right. I was able to kind of like eat more, get more energy. And I feel like it all kind of just started to balance each other out. And I felt so much better, almost a complete shift. Um, and then when it came time for my third trimester, the anxiousness kicked in times 10. I was so anxious to the point where sometimes I would literally feel like I'm about to have a panic attack because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm about to go into labor like any day now, and I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just all over the place. And I had the full, full on nesting side of things where I felt like I needed to get everything done today. Sometimes I don't know, someone telling me I'm having this baby today. I need to make sure the crib's up. I need to make sure this is done. This is done. Like super right. frantic <laughs> and just stressing myself out over nothing. But um, yeah. So, did, do you wish that you would have known more before birth and post birth? Like, what are some yes, things that absolutely. you wish you would have known? I wish that I would have been able to just have more conversations. So, with mm-hmm. doctor's appointments, and this is what I, I wasn't prepared for either. Um, you don't get that many ultrasounds. You don't, you know, the doctor's appointments are so quick. Um, I think altogether, I had three or four ultrasounds in my whole nine months of pregnancy. Um, mm-hmm. And one of them, I had to go to a ultrasound, like a private ultrasound building, because for like a 3D one or whatever, because they didn't offer that with my insurance. So during the doctor's appointments, they you you go, they weigh you, they measure your belly, they check the baby's heart rate. They go, okay, do you have any questions? And it's like, damn, wait, I, I think I did, but I can't remember because I'm it just happened so quickly. Um, no, I guess I don't. Okay, well. Uh, all right, everything's good. We'll see you um, next week or we'll see you in three weeks or whatever. And it's like, dang, like, and then by the time I leave the doctor's, I'm like, dang, I forgot to ask him about this and right. this is normal with this. So it's like the doctor's appointments are so far in between. You don't start going every week until you're almost due. It's like several right. weeks go in between. So I wish that I had um, a doula. That way I can have that person at all times to talk to about the things that's going on. I wish I knew of things that could have happened because every time something happened to me that was so, like, unconventional from what I thought, I was scared. I thought it meant I was going to preterm every single time. 
you know, I thought something was wrong with me or something was wrong with the baby. And that would have eliminated so much my anxiety if I knew, okay, this is a very normal part of pregnancy. Of course, it's not, you know, the best symptom. Of course, this can be annoying, you know, but this is expected and you're okay. The baby's okay. I wish I would have known that um, versus being so anxious and like afraid during my pregnancy. Right. Yeah. So did you suffer from postpartum depression or are you still suffering? Mm -hmm. So for me, it was more so um, during the beginning, it was more so postpartum anxiety. I was so high, strong and anxious after having the baby because I was so scared that something was going to happen to him. Like I just was wrapped up in my thoughts, having all of these scary things that can happen to newborns and making sure I'm following all the guidelines because then that's something, again, they don't talk to you about, which is all of the things you have to do to make sure your child has a safe environment. Um, right. And there's a whole organization, I think, called the APA or something like that, AAPA, um, that puts out these guidelines for safe sleep and safe travel and all of this is like, oh, my gosh, I have to make sure I'm doing this, this, and that. And, like, it it was it was so much. And then it's like when you get home, you're just home with the baby. And it's like, girl, I've never had a baby before. Like, right. what, do I, what do I do? I don't know. Like, reality sets in, and it, it I was so just anxious, very, very anxious. Mm-hmm. And it took a toll on me, and I tried to kind of, like, shake it off and be in the moment. And for the most part, I you know, I did okay. But it, it was definitely um, an emotional, hormonal adjustment as well. And it took me a minute um, to kind of feel normal again. Um, I think also right. just kind of being back in the world and seeing how life goes on without you, that's, that's a, that is a really hard thing to, to witness, especially because it's like, you know, people don't mean it. But um, you see those things. You see people going on and doing doing life, and um, you know you're at home recovering from delivery, and it's a recovery. It is a recovery. It is not simple. <laughs> that was something that I was not prepared for. Recovery from a natural delivery, because from what I've heard, you know, oh, when you have a natural birth you know, the recovery is so much smoother than if you have a cesarean. Mm, well, <laughs> not that much because it, it is very, it was a lot for me. Like that recovery was more than the six weeks for me. It took almost eight to nine weeks for me to fully recover from um, from my labor. Well, what exactly went into, like, the recovery process? What exactly did you have to, like, do or what did you encounter during those times or during those six weeks? Yeah. So, of course, there's lots of bleeding afterwards. Um, Mm -hmm. The bleeding, for the most part, did stop um, around six weeks, but that's not the worst part for me. I was physically um, sore. So I my delivery was, was not typical. Um, meaning like as far as my pushing is concerned. So I push for about four hours, which is not your average. That is a little, that's a little on the long side. Um, But, um, and so because of that, it took a toll on my body, like a huge toll on my body. I 
was bruised. My legs were bruised. My arms were bruised from all the blood flow. Mm. Um, and I did have a tear. I had a second degree tear and I had stitches that I needed to recover from. Um, on top of that, of course, at that time, your uterus is contracting and shrinking. Um, right. And then trying to breastfeed. It was just so much. And I was it sore. It sounds like a lot. <laughs> it was. I was physically sore for months. Like, I just felt like almost like, you know, you had the most intense workout of your life. You know, when you're oh super sore. It felt like that. Yeah. But honestly, times two and all over my body, all over my body. Ah. So, like, yeah. within within all of this, the recovering, the, you know, bleeding, all of that yeah. and the bruising and trying to recover from birth, like, are you – because I know some women – let me ask you this. Like, I know some women, like, after birth, like, they look at themselves in the mirror and they say, oh, my goodness, like, my body has changed. <laughs> Like, yeah. my body is not the same. So, like, mm-hmm. did you experience those thoughts in, the, like, in those moments? Not more so in those moments because I did expect that. I com- I definitely expected to look different in that moment because, I mean, I went from being I- – I gained, like, 50-something pounds during my whole pregnancy. So I definitely expected to be bigger and to look differently. Um, mm-hmm. So that – didn't so much weigh heavily on me because I knew like okay you know because once you give birth like you still look pregnant and that's really just the a lot of people don't recognize like you still look pregnant for a minute like I looked yeah. like I was seven months pregnant for like two weeks straight and then it starts to go down um it goes down naturally because it's mostly your uterus is, is still so big um it's not necessarily like you know that fat layer or anything like that but um, it's it's an experience. For me, my body definitely changed. I have a completely I, – I have to really kind of restructure my wardrobe because I couldn't fit a lot of my clothes. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of my measurements changed. My breasts, child, I went from a B cup <laughs> to damn near a double D. Um, be, and it's oh, mostly God. because of breastfeeding. Yeah. And I, I'm like, I ain't never had boobs before. So <laughs> that was oh, like, huh? I'm like, well, okay. Um, I guess this is the new me. And I'm, I'm not really, um, I'm not upset about this new body I have. I kind of just, it is what it is. Um, I'm, I'm comfortable okay. for the most part. Um, you know, I definitely still have a tummy, but mm-hmm. I've never been super pressed about, like, my body image in that aspect, and I've never been, like, super into working out or anything like that. So I, it just is what it is. I'm just living life, and, you know, I know that's right. it just is what it is, yeah. <laughs> I know that's right. You just going to have to roll with the punches on this one. Like, yeah, it is what it is. But, so, you know, being a millennial and – Mm-hmm. We see our parents, and we see how they were raised, and of course, we experience how you know they raised us. Do yeah. you think that there's like a huge difference in how you're raising your son now to how you were raised? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, and I've you know we've had conversations you know with my parents and things like that. Just you know, as I was pregnant, even even as like Noah was born, um, you know, my parents are older. Um, my mm-hmm little brother is will be 21 this year so it's been at least 20 years since they've had a baby so 
there's a lot that has changed in 20 years as regards to safety protocols, as it relates to, you know, um, how to raise a child. Um, Just so much more information is out there. So, for example, I, I remember when my son was like two months or something like that. He was very young. Um, my mom had came downstairs because she had had him upstairs in her room because I was staying at them for a little with them for a little while, and I was like, "Where's Noah?" And she was like, "Oh, he's upstairs in the bed." I said, "Um, by himself," <laughs> and I was like, "In your bed, like your big king size bed?" I was like, "How is he laying?" She was like, "Oh, I just put him on the stomach on his stomach around with all these pillows." Oh my God! I was like, "Yeah, go get my baby." <laughs> no, ma'am. And she was like, "Well, what's wrong with that? Like, he's fine." And I'm like, "No, like that is so unsafe. That is absolutely a big no-no. Like, absolutely not." So I definitely kind of have to like reteach my parents. Like, this is not how you. This is not how I do things. Let me just say that this is not right. what goes on. And then as it relates to raising my kid, you know, I am almost the complete opposite from my parents in a lot of ways. You know, my parents are old school. They absolutely was whipping, was yelling and cussing and doing all that kind of stuff. And I just, um, we're not doing that over here. We're not right. doing that over here. I think there are so many better ways to discipline and not even focusing on disciplining for real, but more so focusing on like teaching and guiding kids because it's like kids make mistakes and kids do dumb shit. And I feel like as a kid, I know that, the way in which I was disciplined and punished, it really wasn't doing nothing. <laughs> right. I know right. how it, it affected, and I know how it affected me and kind of still affects me as an adult. And I don't want to put my kids there. As much as I love my parents, I recognize that eh, y'all wasn't yeah. really doing things that I agree with at all. So, yeah. Ooh, 100% on that because right now, um, with my nephew and my parents, like, you you can see, like, a major difference in between how my sister is raising mm-hmm. her son and to how, like, my yeah. parents want her to raise, you know, mm-hmm. to raise her son. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, a major difference. And, like, I'm looking back and I'm like, yeah. And, and even with how my sister's doing it, I'm like, mm, I don't think I'm going to do it that way either. Like, it's yeah. just so many, it's just, I guess it deals more so with, like, you know, your personality and the things mm-hmm. that, you you have experienced in your life that makes you say, okay, yep. I'm going to do things this way or this is how I'm going to guide my child, you know. So exactly. everybody says things differently. So, mm-hmm. you know, I applaud you. I applaud you on that. So, Thank you. You know, this, this generation is full on gender roles. You know, we, we talk about it all the time. We debate about it 24-7. So, when we speak on gender roles and, you know, you being a mother and him and Noah being your son and your spouse, what's his name again? I don't want to keep saying spouse. Tim. Tim. So when we speak on that, what exactly, like, is there a balance between you being Noah's mother and then you also being a, a, a spouse to Tim? And how mm-hmm. do y'all put your differences in together to raise Noah? You're talking about gender roles or just in general? In general. Okay. 
Um, so for the most part, we honestly do align as it relates to like how we want to be raised. Because I think we kind of had a very similar upbringing, and we've been affected in similar ways by our upbringing. So we kind of were on the same wavelength as it relates to wanting to be better and do better for our kids. Like we don't want our kids to experience some of the things that we experience. So we kind of for the most part, we'd be on the same page with discipline and um, structure and things like that. Um, the main difference I see is just mainly in the way in which we um, look at, um, I don't really even know. It's really It really does align. We haven't really experienced anything yet because he's still so young that we kind of like butted heads on it. But as far as like the ideals are concerned, like we'd be pretty much right right there. Right, and when it does um, correlate to the gender roles and how, you know, it's it's so – some men think that women should do one thing, while as women think men should be providers and all this stuff. How how does that relate to you guys? Or do y'all experience gender roles? Do y'all say, hey, I have no one, you have no one, whenever we get no one? <laughs> yeah, so with me, I am – so very much anti-gender roles. I really despise mm-hmm. them because I think it it honestly just negatively affects women often because it is just so rooted in misogyny and it frustrates me that people are so like, they fall into that trap <laughs> so often. It's like, no, my sisters break free. Like, no, it's a trap <laughs> for you to end up doing more for less, and I don't like that. Right. So for me, I understand that everything can't always be 50-50 because that's not how life works. It's not necessarily about um, 100% being 50-50 all the time. It's about picking up the slack where the other one may leave off depending on what's going on. Like, just taking on those roles as as they're needed because you're the parent, not because you're the mom or because you're the dad, but because you're a parent. And I really hate that, you know, women have this, you know, expectation to be these stellar parents, the most pristine and perfect mother to never be away from their kids. But when men are away from their kids, it's like, well, at least he's there sometimes. It's like, no, you know, they're right. I have the exact same expectation for men. Exactly as I do for women, and, you know, that may be because of my experience with my father being in my life, being very present. Like, I just, I have no soft spot for for any foolishness. I think that um, it's just a cop-out when men try to, you know, put it on, oh, well, you know, I'm trying to be provider because my dad provided this as well as being a very present person in my life. Um, yeah, so I, I don't take no excuses in that aspect, so... We're very much so tethered in trying to make sure we are partners in raising Noah and doing what we can for him because at the end of the day, it's like, it's about him. Right, exactly. And what is one thing that you would want men to know when it comes to women and pregnancy? Um, they are just as confused as I think they are. I think that men just assume because we're women, like, pregnancy is going to be whatever, like, oh, we're just prepared because we have uteruses. But it's like, no, like, pregnancy is different for every single person who gets pregnant. Like, it's not just, you know, it's like, it's not like we just go through this class or something. Like, as women, like, that 
we are just as confused a lot of times as they are. And um, I think that if they knew that, they would be more willing to step up and be more a part of that learning process for them to learn how to be a better support partner because I think that a lot of women lack that for their pregnancy, true and adequate support from their spouse because they like, well, I figured you know, you know, know how how this go. Like, no, I don't. <laughs> like, I ain't never been pregnant. <laughs> how would I? <laughs> right, exactly. So I feel like that that is what would really help. And what's one thing that you would say to mothers and future mothers? Um, it definitely gets easier. Um, and when I say easier, it's not that it gets easier, but it's more so you get, you become more of an expert as time goes on. Um, and, you know, as cliche as it sounds, um, your body is really designed for labor and for birth. Um, and that's something I didn't understand until after I had Noah, like, I was so scared that my body, I'm like, nah, because I'm just too small. Like, I'm a small person. There's no way that I can even deliver a child, like, without my entire body ripping in half. Like, I'm scared. Like, there's no way. But it is possible. And not only is it possible, it's possible to prepare. Like, you have, you know, that time during your, pregnant, during your pregnancy to really prepare for birth um, and to prepare mentally and physically for labor and, you know, as time goes on with having a baby, you you pick up so many things and so many skills and you just become more and more of an expert um, of your child specifically, but also as being like a parent. Oh, Janela, I'm just going to tell you this. I'm just going to tell you <laughs> this one thing. You have educated me in a way where it's like, I'm literally sitting here thinking, and I'm sitting in the car, by the way. So I'm literally sitting here thinking, like, wow, like, this is this is insane of what women go through. And, yes, you're totally yeah. right. Like, our bodies are designed and made and built for this. But this is crazy. <laughs> like, this is wild. And me, and I know there's a lot of, you know, of course, this month is month of May. It's Mental Health Awareness yeah. Month. And mm-hmm. I know that there are so many women who are who are pregnant or, you know, are experiencing the pregnancy that it's for them right now it's probably it probably weighs a lot more, you know. Um I yeah. experience a lot of things when it comes to me like mentally, but I can just mm-hmm. imagine I can just imagine the ins and outs that they have to go through and the fight. It's literally a fight. Not only are you fighting with the pregnancy and your body changing and all this, but now you're fighting with yourself mentally at the same yeah. time. And although that's something that you've been dealing with for however long, however old you are, I'm just like the pregnancy part is new, you know. Yeah. So it, it's, whew, it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. And I'm so happy that you decided to share your story, yeah. even though some some things that were just like, oh my gosh, wait, what? <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. Okay, but yeah, yeah. I'm I'm happy and I'm excited to continue this conversation. And thank you so so much. So, you know, yeah. last, last question, and this is this is just a fun question. Um, <laughs> so you gonna have some more? <laughs> is, it, is this gonna yeah. be the last one? Oh. 
Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I definitely want more kids. I don't know how many more, <laughs> but, but I definitely want, I definitely am really excited about being pregnant again when that time comes. No time soon, um, because I really want to just, you know, really enjoy Noah and his, you know, first few milestones, just kind of be in, in the moment. But knowing all that I know now, and also I'm actually in training to become a doula, um, I'm just yay! Congratulations! Thank, thank you. I'm really excited about doing it again with more information and being more prepared and being able to kind of get a, a redo. Because not that my first pregnancy, you know, just sucked or anything. I was just so wrapped up in confusion and anxiety that I did miss a lot of moments to really just enjoy it. And right. I want, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited for that opportunity, you know, if it presents itself in, in a few years to do it again, for sure. Well, listen, when I, when I get pregnant, I know who to come to, okay, because <laughs> <laughs> you have the information, and that's yeah. exactly what other women need as well. Thanks yeah. again. I really appreciate yeah. this. Wow. That was very informational definitely what we needed to hear that's just a glimpse a glimpse of what life is being pregnant the afterbirth all that because when i tell you that these women are truly inspirational they are the next few women that you're going to hear are going to be kind of similar you know um and I think that it's very important for all of us to understand and be in the know of what actually goes on with our bodies when we become pregnant, even when we have miscarriages as well. Um, I'm excited. And again, I'm thankful and I'm happy that these women decided to come forward and to share their story. <sighs> it's a mother's viewpoint. And we're all doing it while exceeding, while black. Peace and love. I'm out.